there are spirits everywhere, watching, waiting, seeking that opportune time to reveal themselves like no other. They fill our worlds with so much. Seriously? You didn't just do that. You farted on the promo? What's wrong with you? I thought you were professional. C go away. Go I, I got it. I got it. Hey everybody, it's Brian Bowden, host of Nobo Boomy, where we explore deep inside the Goblin universe. We have an amazing show that covers the paranormal, conspiracies, music, art, entertainment, trending topics, and so much more. Please join us by subscribing to the show on Podbean at InsideTheGoblinUniverse.Podbean.com, on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, and everywhere you find podcasts. It's an informative, fun, and overall entertaining good time, and uh, we'll keep the gas to ourselves. Why don't you burp next time? Someone give me Brian Anderson. Welcome to Paranormal Heart, a place where people can talk about their paranormal experiences. With your host, Cat Ward. Welcome back, folks, to Paranormal Heart. I'm your host, Kat Ward. You can find new episodes on the second and last Sunday of each month on Podbean, YouTube, New Lantern Media, and any place you find fine podcasts. If you've had paranormal encounters you'd like to share, you can either be a guest on the show or you can submit them in writing, and I'll be happy to narrate your story. Just drop me an email at paranormalheart13 at gmail.com. Here in Canada, we are celebrating Father's Day today, so this episode shout-out goes to you amazing dads out there around this beautiful blue planet of ours. I really hope you have a wonderful day. I have a great episode for you tonight. Episode 62, I welcome Coyote Chris Sutton. He wears many hats as a musician, author, storyteller, presenter, show host, and has been featured on television shows and documentaries. For the past 22 years, he's been a paranormal investigator and has walked the shaman's path for over 25 years. Chris also helps people with spiritual and paranormal issues. Without further ado, I give you Coyote Chris Sutton. Hey Chris, welcome to Paranormal Heart. Hey Kat, it's great to be here. Nice to see you. Or talk nice to, to you, see you. Least, you know? I know. We'll see each other someday. Yeah, we, um, we've known each other for a few years now, I think, um, oh. on social media, but we've never actually spoken, with, so this is nice. Uh, yes, it is, definitely. And thanks for being here. Oh, it's my pleasure. Hey, you know, I, if I get a chance to talk about anything I love doing, then it's never a problem for me, so <laughs> Good. I, I thank you for having me on. So, um, 
Where to start? I have so many things that I want to talk about. Jeepers. Um, well, let's start with how you started your uh, shaman's journey. Well, you know, when I was growing up, I um, I wasn't raised, we weren't particularly religious or anything like that. I was raised in the Unitarian Church, and that's more about philosophy and the good works of man versus, you know, the, the mystery of, of <clears throat> the faith or God or things like that, that sort of thing. And so... I didn't have any frame of reference really for anything like this, you know. So I was at a point in my life where I was, we'd been married, Julie and I hadn't been married very long, and um, I was working with um, adolescent sex offenders. I've been in social services for over 30 years. At that point in my career, this is 28 years ago, I think, um, I was working with, with kids like that and of course they're not only they have they offended but they've also been offended against um, they're all victims as well and so that's kind of rough and I and I I'm looking back and finding out later on you know that, that my empathic abilities are starting to grow and I was seeing and feeling things that weren't mine you know these kids would tell their stories and it's like oh you can feel it and it's like it was kind of creeping me out um, it was very concerning I was very pretty depressed um, and I knew, you know, I knew something was missing in my life. I just didn't know what the heck it was. And so one day, Julia, I you know, people ask me, how did you get into this? I said, it's my wife's fault, you know, because <laughs> there was a, um, we lived in a small county in East Central Illinois at that time. And my wife comes up to me one day and she goes, hey, there's a powwow. I said, powwow? Like, you know, I mean, I know vaguely what it was, um, you know, dancing and things like that. Because I didn't, I mean, I knew about the, the Native Americans historically, but I didn't know about any of their spiritual or their practices like that, or, you know, any social, which a powwow is more than a social thing, but mm -hmm. uh, it's a very cultural thing, but I, you know, I had no clue. And, but she, my wife used to dance when she was an explorer scout, you know, she's not Native American, that's what they did. Um, and down where we live, nobody, nobody really bothered you about it. Um, but, well, that's right or wrong, but anyway. I, um, she goes, let's go to Powell. I said, okay, you know, I'll go. It sounds like fun. Uh, so uh, we took our old dog, and Emily was one then. And um, so we're going, you know, they got the big arenas and the, in the middle of the drum and the people doing announcing. And, um, the, you know, and the people are dancing. It's like it. And I guess it was like a national power because all these different tribes, all this different regalia, different styles of dancing. It's just really beautiful stuff. And, you know, I'm getting into that. I mean, it's not really, I mean, it's not like, life-changing at this point in time but just you know hey i'm glad to get to know stuff like this and and so um so we're watching that and also i hear some drumming off to the side now this is on a county fairground and so you know you have livestock barns and things like that where they were judged you know barnyard animals for whether cows or whatnot and so i walked into this where this drumming was coming from and what i found out later is a war, uh, warriors dance a gourd dance and the drumming and the rattling and the chanting was so amazing, so hypnotic, that that's when it got me. And I had that flash. And I felt my body stayed, one part stayed in this world, the other part was in the spirit world. Whether or however you want to describe it, I don't know. I just knew it was someplace else. Mm -hmm. And um, like I said, you get that flash of insight that the Buddhist called Satori, a sudden insight. And it's like, it's, you know, you think, oh, amazing. No, hell no, I was scared. You know, <laughs> I was like, I don't understand this at all because I'd never had a feeling like this before. Because, I've got, again, I've got no frame of reference for such a thing. 
And so, you know, and I didn't get into this because I watched like Thunderheart or Dance of the Wolves. This is, you know, I'd never seen that stuff before when, when this happened to me. And so I walked out of there. I had, Emily, I had Emily with me to a stroller. I'm good thing I didn't leave her in there. Julie would have been pissed then. <laughs> um, yeah. So I, I get from, uh, forgetful sometimes about things, but not my daughter. But um, so I go to the vendors. That's all I mean. Now, I, I, now today I would go home and looked it up on the internet. Well, there wasn't an internet yeah. back then. Mm-hmm. So you had to go find something to read. And so I went to the books and book vendors and I just grabbed a book because it felt like the right one. It's called Black Elk Speaks by uh, John Needhart. It's about a Sioux medicine man, Lakota Sioux medicine man named Black Elk. And he tells a story about, and he was like, there at the Battle of Bighorn, things like that. Um, he was younger then. But, um, so yeah, and he talks about his being a medicine man, I thought, you know. And, you know, the Sioux, the Lakota, they pray with the pipe, you know, it's made out of what they call pipe stone catlinite, and you have the wooden stem. And so, I'm reading about this stuff, and this is how they pray, you know, as you pray with the pipe, and, you know, the smoke delivers your prayers up to Wankantanka and to Kashula. Um, and so, and whatever else you want to put as well, you know, Edomak, Mother Earth, Unchi, um, Grandmother. Um, so, like, you know, and this is, now this is how the universe works. Everybody's listening. When everything lines right, and you, and you say yes, you have to say yes to it. It's not going to, it's not going to come get you. You have to accept it, and so I not only did I accept it, but I said I put out this. It would be so cool to sit down with people and smoke the pipe and learn some of these ways, you know, somebody to teach me. So a month or so later, now we were about not too far from Chicago, about an hour and something, and so there's a, a you know, magazine that came out of Chicago called the Monthly Aspectarian. I don't know if it still does or not, because this is like I said, 27, 28 years ago. Mm-hmm. So I'm thumbing through it, and there was this uh, metaphysical shop in the, one of the South Burbs, and it says, the whole article thing there says, pipes are, because, you know, it's so, and I think it was a nine of a matter. Um, and then, and it's like, your phone number. So I call the phone number. I said, you know, I'm, not, I'm getting out of my comfort zone here because here I got to go to a metaphysical shop, you know, uh, it's like all So I call up, I said, yeah, come on up. So the night of it, you know, I get in my car and drive up there and smoke the pipe, met my first teacher, and it's just went from there. That's how it, that's how it all began. And then the adventures began, because, you know, spirit opens more doors for you as you mm-hmm. go. Um, so, I mean, it's um, it's, a pretty, it's a pretty cool experience. But yeah, to answer your question, it's not less than succinctly, but you know, um, <laughs> <laughs> that's how it works. <laughs> It's been over uh, 27 years now, I believe. Yeah, uh-huh. Yeah, long it time. Is. I think it's 28 now, because Emily's 29. Hmm. So she was one then, so it's getting close to 28. Hmm. Yeah, because I think it was in the summer, it was about this time, 1992, 93, something like that. Um, you lose track. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's, that's, when the, that's when the adventure starts. Powwows are really, um, we, we have the Algonquin here in, in the area, and uh-huh. uh, there's pow- powwows here, well, because of COVID, they haven't had it for the past couple of years, but um, the first time I went, as soon as the drumming and, and, and the dancing and the singing, and it's just like, 
it just reaches your soul somehow at least it did for me from what I understand from other people it doesn't do that with everybody but I was just so there's just it there's just something about it it just amazes me it speaks to you Um, yeah this is stuff that goes past the um, the part the thinking part and goes into your heart Mm -hmm. and it affects your heart and your feelings and it's like being in a place where nothing else can touch you because you're so enraptured in this that your focus is totally that nothing else everything else falls away mm-hmm. you know in that moment and it doesn't last super long because you know how we anyway um so yeah you're in that point where um what Joseph Campbell called the bliss, you know, you're just right there. You're you're in that exact moment. And that's where you that's where you're at. You're nothing else. You're stuck. You're stuck one place in time, while that's going on with you. That's just the neatest. It's the neatest feeling. Yeah, I can kind of relate because, like I said, the first time we went there, um, listening to the drumming and the the singing and everything is just you lose. It's almost like time stops. Mm-hmm. It's it. It was just. Um, I, I'd never had that happen before. It was pretty pretty interesting. Mm-hmm. So I'm looking is, I'm looking forward uh, to uh, them having it again. So they just yeah. welcome everybody, and it's you know there's certain dances certain dances it's only for the dancers, and then right. they welcome other people in. So yeah. it's it's and, pretty. And they call it they call it inter, intertribal down here. Um, intertribal dancing, and they'll go everybody dance. And yeah, you all get up. You know. Yeah, yeah I love that stuff. Yeah, it's pretty cool. I haven't been one for a few years, but um, we don't mm. have too many around here. Anyway, so... Um, well, if they start up again, uh, you're in the area, we'll have to get you to go. <laughs> yeah, I would. I, I don't have a passport, though, so I'd have to figure <laughs> that one. I, I've got to get one, though, so... Yeah, I don't have one I either. i got to get one. Yeah, so, you know, because, you know, sometimes I was up in Buffalo. I used to get Buffalo once twice a year, mm-hmm. and it's like, that's right there on the border, so, you know... Um, mm-hmm. My friend Dan Class, who owns the Hinsdale House, he, I go out there at least mm-hmm. once a year to do an event out there and hang out with him and so on. Mm-hmm. He took me to see the falls the first time I was up there. I'd never seen the falls. That was pretty neat. I haven't been there so, since yeah. I was a little kid. <laughs> yeah, you know. Yeah. So it's like, um, like we in St. Louis, you know, I live right across the river from St. Louis now, and so they've got the arch, you know, this big old silvery thing around the riverfront. I like that talks about going the arch. I've never been that thing in my life. <laughs> they built it was completed in 1966, I think it was. Oh really? And um, yeah, no, I've got want nothing to do with it. Hmm. Um, I don't like heights for one thing. Yeah, um, same. Now I can I can fly. The flying's okay. But mm-hmm. and if I'm if I'm if I'm on something natural like a rock or something like that, I'm okay. Mm-hmm. Something man-made, I, eh. <laughs> you know, it's just, it's different for me for something I don't know why. But um, yeah, I couldn't be like those guys that were iron workers, building those skyscrapers and stuff. Back in the day, no, no thanks. Yeah, yeah. just having naps up there. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, I know. And, and how? Um, so you started par- uh, doing paranormal investigations what t- over twenty two years ago now? Mm hmm. Nineteen ninety eight, and I, you know. A lot of people go into that first and they get find spiritual things out. Mm-hmm. I was the exact opposite. I had done a little bit, I wouldn't say investigations, but I would 
somebody would have trouble with an entity or something like that, and I would, you know, tell them what to do. Usually there's an issue that the person, the human person, was goofing something up. Mm-hmm. I said, well, don't do that, do this. And they would, and then things would stop. So I had a little bit, but not, you know, not to do an investigation. I had no clue. I mean, this is back before there's no TV shows yep. about ghost hunting. This is back with the times of, um, you know, Hans Holzer and the, and the Ed, you know, Ed Lorraine Warren back mm-hmm. in those days. They were big names. And um, so I had no clue. But a friend of mine's son was a, a DJ at a um, college radio station here in town. He was in that program. And so, and he's like, he's like my, he's like my nephew. Mm-hmm. I've known him since the day he was born. <clears throat> so like, he calls me up and he goes, hey Chris, he goes, hey, you want to do a ghost hunt on Halloween night, all nighter? Well, I can't say no to him. You know, <laughs> he's, he's, like, he's like blood to me. Mm-hmm. So I said, okay, kid. I'll figure, so, I'll figure something out. I don't know what I'm doing. And so what I did, I just did a lot of the stuff I did from shamanism. I mean, using the energies to feel out things. And like when you do healing work, that's what you do. You feel out things with your energy. Mm-hmm. So okay, like, you know, I'm used to spirit guides and spirit animals. You know, this is a spirit. They're probably vibrating a different energy than a spirit guide would be. But, um, you know, basically the same concept if you look at that that way. And so we actually, I'd started by drumming, you know, what else am I going to do? <laughs> it's like, there's no millimeters, there's no, I wasn't smart enough to know anything about, to be getting tape, um, you know, that sort of thing. I'm clueless for that stuff. <laughs> and so, I mean, and I made up, like, some told, I just went by what my, you know, I, you let spirit tell you what to do. So, <laughs> so we'll make a safe spot, you know, like a circle. I mean, one out of, out of, out of white sage. Um, and you know, you create a circle like that. It's an area where it's it's protected. And I don't know why I did it. I said, "Well, if anybody gets scared, because I gave him a, a you know a talking to you before we left to start this thing, because well, it was all college kids." I said, "Listen, this is not something to be doing if you're in a lot of emotion and things like that." You know, because I know how college kids was, because I was one. If they you were beat at that age, and so um, you know, your uh, emotions tend to run a bit wild. So, you know, we do, we find this, um, so I'm just feeling my way around. We came across one room where there had been a, we found later there had been a suicide. Uh, a young lady had hung herself in there. Because it used to be a college dorm. It used to be a, a late, a woman's college back <coughs> in, earlier on. And then, in, in, like in the 60s, they changed it over to community college. And so, you know, it was actually had been a dorm room. And that was actually a room of a guy and a teacher I knew out there, because I, I had been class years before. Um, so I'll go, hey, I'd tell him, hey, Bill, you get hanging in your room. Um, <laughs> I, I, I can tell him. <laughs> so, um, so, yeah, and one kid, and this happens, and it happens to this day. I'm sure you've seen it, too. Somebody, you know, one of the spirits will get somebody who's either like they're fledgling. Um, they're starting to come into being able to um, be empaths. I mean, everybody's kind of empathic. Um, that's kind of a general term. Some people get, I know a couple people say, this green bloody murder if you use the word empath, but. I think it describes you when you're starting out, you, that starts waking up. So invariably some spirit's going to get um, playful mm-hmm. or just being honorary and will to punch, you know, put their energy into theirs. And then they're a freaking royal mess. You know, moment they're, ah, da, da, you're having the great times and watching the ghosts and all of a sudden they're crying. <laughs> Uncontrollably, I don't know what happened. I do. Yep. So I, one guy did it. And he goes, Chris, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I, I, uh, I, I should have told you. I was, you know, this is my girlfriend. I broke up. Whatever. 
hey, come on, dude, you know, I marched into that circle and stuck him in there. Mm-hmm. It worked. You know, he calmed down. and um, that was, It was back at our kind of like a little base place, too, so that, that helped as well. We were, I think we were based in the library. Mm-hmm. And so, um, but yeah, I mean, and so, I mean, after that, every once in a while, I'd get into doing. You know, it was never, I did more, probably more psychic work back then. Mm-hmm. But again, that, that works in the same vein. But um, in psychic and shaman work, uh, healing work and things like that, teaching. Um, but I just kind of getting more and more of it. Um, in 2009, you know, I, there was a place in, in all, all my work. Actually, we, I live in the same community. It was, our towns is called differently. And the McPike Mansion's in all, and it's been on several shows. And um, it was on, last was on TV, is on Ghost Adventures in 2018. Um, and so I, Got started working there for Sharon, who owns the place. Back in like 2006, I would. She always liked somebody, a, sh- a shaman. She always wanted to have a shaman around. I said, okay, well. So I got more and more experience, you know, doing that way. And so, um, in 2009, uh, Ghost Lab came out there, Bradbury Kling, and their crew. And um, so I was on. I got to go on that, and uh, for like probably less than 30 seconds, <laughs> giving some. You know, answer to some question. I forgot what it was. I hadn't seen it in years, and I found it on Discovery Plus. Oh, really? Um, yeah. You know, I was like, wait a minute. Oh, they got those labs on there. Cool. You know, so I clicked on it. Yeah, sure enough, they had, my, had that episode in there. And so I'm like, hey, damn, I look different because that was like 11, 12 years ago. Yeah. So I'm a little greater now than I was then. But um, <laughs> aren't we all? So, yeah, you know, and so, yeah. And so, you know, I got did more and more. And, and I'm not trying to say everything's around television shows, but people always want to hear the story about that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, because in my case, it's usually I'm in the right place at the right time. Doesn't mean there's nothing special about me. I just, you know, it just kind of comes out this way. Um, so in 2013, I get a call from a, a producer, and she says, she goes, you know, I'm so and so with the Dead Files. I said, oh yeah, you know, because my wife got me watching. I never would watch. I love that show. You know, I do too. And it's like, but, it, you know, this is back in the day with Ghost Stars. I mean, it was cool. They were okay shows. I said, I do this stuff. I don't want to watch it on television. I don't want to watch it all game or something. And so, um, but she got me watching that. So I had, you know, I knew what was going on. I said, oh, yeah, you know, I, you know, I've, I watched the show. I know what's going Oh, great. You know, we got this house. It's up in northeastern Illinois. It's like four hours from me. And she goes, can you come up there and do a house cleansing? Because, you know, Amy's family needed a shot. I said, you know, yeah, yeah, sure. Yep, when you want me there, you know, not a problem. Yep. And so I drove up. You know, Steve and Amy weren't there because this is Ghost uh, Dead Files Revisited. They had back in a couple seasons where you just, they went, they had, took a half hour for to look back at one of the hour shows and to see what the family, what happened to the family. Right. And so in this case, you know, they did one thing and I, they brought me in to do my, my thing. And um, so that was kind of cool. <laughs> I thought, Never get this one thing. You know, you know, everybody thinks that stuff's exciting. It's boring as hell. Um, it's not exciting until you see it. Okay, when you're shooting it, it's like, ugh. Mm-hmm. So, they, you know, it's kind of it like it was in late March. And it was still kind of cold out. And the family had, they raked their leaves and they dumped them in the backyard. There was a slope and it goes off in these woods. Now, the spirits are coming out of the woods up into the house. And so mm-hmm. I had to go down there and, you know, kind of lay down the law, sort of, you know, bang yeah. the drums and ask the spirits to you know. <clears throat> Spirits and directions to come help us, and so I did that. And so, but 
So they said, oh, dude, okay, we want to get you um, walking down this hill. So like, you know, at that time I was heavier than I am now. So, you know, slippery and, and leaves and stuff. I mean, I look like a bear on roller skates going down that hill. <laughs> <laughs> and they must have shot that 20 times. They finally got it right. And I did this one thing. It was like, I, and I don't know, you know, it's one of the things you get in your mind. I had my, my staff, my kind of a rough staff with me. I carry around some oak. And I, it was like, so I took it and I slammed it in the ground, it sticks in the ground, you know, and I started doing my thing. And, oh, dude, that's really cool. You know, and I had to do that six or seven, eight times. <laughs> Neither one of those scenes were in, this, in the show. Oh, really? <laughs> I spent an hour <laughs> working on both. That's how it works. Um, so after, you know, that happens, and so I see the thing, and it's like, oh, it's really cool. And I thought, well, maybe I should, you know, I need to look more into doing this kind of stuff. And so I figured, well, if I start you know, going to some of these conventions and stuff, meeting some people, mm -hmm. then I can, you know, I can, you know, I can meet, because I'm not really big on joining groups. Um, I work by myself. I work with group. I work with a group. I won't join one. And so everybody's kind of had their own little clicks around here, and I would do my stuff at, at, at places. But, you know, let's go out and meet some folks. And so I did. So I had fest and went to a bunch of other places. Uh, met some just really cool. And some of these, you know, just really, there's so most of the people in the paranormal are really good people. Um, yeah. There's some that act like jokes sometimes, but people will do that. I will not say who I think that is. That would be not nice of me. And um, but yeah, so you meet more people. I started doing more and more of that type of thing. I was traveling to Iowa and a lot and um, other places doing events. And you know, you start making get to know people, and people invite you to come places. And so yeah, I'm getting around a little bit. But you know. Now, let me get through the ghost stories, and I'll tell you why I do this stuff, for the ghost shows. And okay, here we go. Sorry. Keep going. It froze up for a second. Okay. That's okay. Okay, so Ghost Adventures came to Alton, and for a two-part special, the Curse of the River Bend, because we're right in Mississippi, and so everybody mm. says, you know, it's all this limestone, all this water, so it's, you know, it's, everybody says that always raises the roof as far as um, paranormal activity goes, and I've seen it like in other river towns too, and I said, yeah, I can kind of see that. Mm -hmm. um, so I was asked, I got to go on, um, I was a guest on with them, um, down the sub basement of the hotel, which my, is the creepiest place there. I just love it down there. And so, um, so I got I was down there with Aaron, and so we got you know we talked, and rocks were flying everywhere, and they were. It was legit. My buddy was watching. Nobody was, nobody was throwing them. Wow. So yeah, well, yeah. But that's this place. That, that part of the, of the hotel is known for that. Hmm. And so, you know, it's like I said, it's right place at the right time. I mean, I knew the people that ran the the uh, metaphysical shop there, and that scheduled the tours, and I'd done a lot of work there, and events and so but yeah it's I was about being lucky I guess and that's how I see it um, I mean part of it is because you make yourself available and make yourself kind of known mm -hmm. but the reason again this is not television is not the end all on this whole stuff it's about how you how you can help people yes whether it's the people their houses it's the people in a, in a business or the spirits themselves you can help them that's really important. That's what it's all about. And a lot of times when you do good stuff like that with the right 
with the right attitude and you know you will be recognized you know and that's that's fine and that's good because then more people know who I am mm-hmm. and I get invited places I can talk about what I'm talking about right now which is hey this is why you should do it and tell them why and tell mm-hmm. them what you can help other people do um, like a team's uh, you, you, I know you've seen this where a team will come in and they're all they're all um, scientific or whatever and well we found all this stuff but uh, I mean and, and things are bad you know kids are getting scratched and stuff like that uh, and the, the team will get scared themselves and they'll leave and don't do anything else that's right mm-hmm. I'm saying no you should always have somebody if not they're with you at least on call who is a sensitive or, or you know as a somebody who can bring healing to the situation yes you know bring good energy can, has, has solutions not just data agreed and somebody who who, who can you know help mitigate the situation with the spirit and the, the people that live there that's what's important I always um, I always kind of say it's sort of like going to see a doctor and the doctor says uh, I'm really sorry you have cancer okay thank you see you later yeah you know exactly. they're not treating yeah, me <laughs> at, you know it's it, to me yeah. that's the same thing you're not helping these people mm-hmm. no you know, it's not it's not fortune and glory, you know. No. Or just stuff so you can look cool. I don't collect that. It's not what I do. Um, hmm. That's not my... That's what I'm here for. I mean, I'm cool with it, you know. I like it. I like it when everybody's... You have a team with the different people in it. For the scientific part, that's good because you can find stuff that way. You can, and you can... Um, you, you can bring up evidence. Mm-hmm. Now, the stuff I do, I, you know... There's no, I mean, the only evidence is the result. You don't know what happens in between because you can't see it necessarily. You can see me working. You might hear a noise once in a while, but that's about it. And by, that's not my job. I don't care. Uh, I don't need to prove anything to anybody. Um, I just serve. <clears throat> Some people believe that um, in order to help families or uh, spirits or whatever um, they need to bring in a priest and others believe they should bring in a shaman do you think mm-hmm. there's a, a right time and place for one or the other or does it matter I think to me it depends on the people the family if they're Catholic mm-hmm. and they're gonna believe that more that's a lot of what has to do. A lot of it has to do with that. What you believe in, because yep. you put your heart and your energy into it. That's what matters. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not about how you say the words. It's what you put. The priest is on the up and up, and is actually uh, not just there being an idiot, um, like some. You know, and there's other on the other sides that act like idiots too. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, if they can if they can rally around that. And that's what's most important because you know if you're reading the priest is doing the right of exorcism, he's blessing the house. His energy is going to it, and their energy is going into it. Mm-hmm. That's what's most important. You can believe in angels. You can believe in spirit, you know, spirit helpers. If it's angels, good. Go. I tell you, I got a tattoo of Uriel on my arm. I got everything else nice. is Native American and and, and um, um, Celtic. Mm-hmm. But I'm not got a shit. You know, people yeah, can see that. that. That's I nice. Tattoos. <laughs> yeah, sorry folks, this is only uh, audio, but uh, Chris yeah. and I are actually uh, looking at each other. <laughs> nice. Yeah, so I'm, I'm showing my tattoos. Uh, <laughs> and so, um, I mean, I, I kind of, don't say I dabble, but 
this is somebody that this this angel, whatever kind of spirit it is, um, has always been kind of, I've always been kind of attracted because he's about lighting out. That's what I do. And so, mm -hmm. but one time I was kind of daydreaming at work and, and all of a sudden this guy get this loud voice man. He says, here we go. Ah, hmm. okay. Right, mate. You know, <laughs> so I've got a imperial tattoo and a little card. And, uh, but yeah, I just feel like it's like, it's not exclusive to one side or the other, you know. It's, um, mm -hmm. you know, if people walk to Jesus Road. I'm like, I'm all down with that. That's great, you know. As long as your heart's, it does, that's the thing that matters, is where your heart's at, no matter what, what kind of religion you're following. So if your heart's in it, in a good way. Yep. Not because you want to be in some club where you can be holier than thou and then mm -hmm. be a complete jerk to other people when you're on, say, other six days a week. You know, I'm not buying that. You know, I'm saved, aha. Uh -huh. Yeah, I don't know about that. Yeah, exactly. Well, no. <laughs> you got somebody else to deal with about that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> They'll <laughs> deal with you later. Yeah, but, in, yeah. but you know, people who are more free thinkers tend to, you know, like the shamanism better. Mm -hmm. um, even the people who are more scientific, because you can, you can describe energy as chi, which, you know, the, the Chinese, the Eastern way of describing energy of all things in feng shui. And I know some of that stuff, and so, you know, I can actually get into a lot of different things, mm -hmm. but it's it's and it's you know I'm like a jack of all trades, a master of none. But I'm a, I can get things done. But sometimes people need certain things that they are attracted to, and if I can give them that, that's what matters. My um, you know when you do the ceremonies and stuff, that's good because it brings energy up, it brings the spirits in. But a lot of the stuff's just tools, so you can focus. Exactly. And bring that energy, you know, and. The way I was taught is that it's not my energy, it's not me. It is, you know, when I, when I start these things, I get into the um, the energy into, from the earth, I get the energy from the sky, and it runs through me, I become a hollow bone that spirit can work through, which means I let it tell me what to do. Mm -hmm. A lot of times I keep my stuff in the backpack, and I get someplace, and I don't know what I'm going to do until I get there. And then it hits me, okay, that's what you're going to do. I never worry about it. Mm -hmm. You know, throw in some Metallica drive there, and um, one of the few probably shaman that goes to listen to Ride the Lightning by Metallica on the way to the cave. I love Metallica. <laughs> I don't listen to flute music. <laughs> Not too often, anyway. I do like the drumming, you know, I have a drumming and singing CD, so um, I do like that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm more of a more into harder rock, actually, than anything else. So. You have good taste, uh, brother. <laughs> I do. Thank you very much. And do you. I went and saw, um, was it like four years ago? Wayne and I went to Indianapolis, and it's all about Iron Maiden. And so mm -hmm. I never got yep. to see them because they would, they never came to St. Louis a lot. And after I started having kids, I wouldn't go to concerts and stuff. Mm -hmm. And so I actually joined the Iron Maiden fan club. Wow! And I so it means you get to get tickets first. Yeah, we had third we had third row tickets for for Iron Maiden in Indianapolis, nice. and Alice Cooper opened up for him. Oh, it's oh. great! I'm so envious. So I want to see Alice Cooper someday. It's on my bucket list. Oh, I've seen him twice now, and it's it's worth the price. I tell you. Well, I, I yeah, he should be up to it this year. Kind of getting off topic here, but I found uh, years ago, I found out that he took, um, oh, what was it, in, in college or university, he took um, 
theatrical arts and he applies it in his concerts and I thought, mm -hmm. oh, that would be so cool. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, you can tell the guy knows what he's doing. Mm -hmm. uh, I remember the first time I saw him on, you know, on anything, there was a radio station in St. Louis, KC95, and it's like, <clears throat> it was, you know, in its time, it was, it was really, really out there as far as music. Hmm. Um, you know, you know, um, Black Sabbath and Jeff Tall and all, they would play all this stuff, which is really good. And um, they had this, they had a show called Tube Trip. It was on the local UHF station, and they, but they simulcast it on on the FM radio. So you had the on the screen, but you had it in stereo in your hmm. in your living room. Hmm. And so they had a video of Alice Cooper, and that came off a like, holy crap! This they've just kicked it up a notch here. Yeah, dude was doing eighteen with the snake and everything. Oh no yeah, way! But you could tell. The, I know, but you could tell. I mean, the theatrics is so important. Mm -hmm. And so many acts. I mean, he is, yeah. you know, he blazed that trail. You know, Lady Gaga says, you know, he inspired her mm -hmm. for some of her things. Um, so, yeah, I mean, and every, watching it up close and live, it's like, oh, gosh, the guy's amazing. So, yeah. It's, um, that's, and, you know, I tell you, when you're trying to deliver a message, that's a good thing to have some type of, uh, I mean, I've, I've had, I mean, I've, I acted some in high school. Um, when I got older, I got in my 40s, and um, I love Jesus Christ Superstar Musical. Mm -hmm. Love it. Julia came home with a flyer. I said, hey, look at this. You know, she goes, she knows how much I like it. And they were doing a community production of it, so that was in 2002, so I went and did it. And it got, I auditioned, I got a part. And after that, I did stage work for almost 10 years. For a while, you know, until I got more busy with my other stuff. Mm -hmm. But yeah, but that is so valuable. So anybody who wants to, you know, talk about what they do, you know, public speaking, or you want to get, you want to lead an event, something like that, you've got to have that command of being able to be up there and, and talk and talk effectively. Um, so yeah, I mean, I did plays, I did musicals, um, played my first band when I was fifty. I'm a bass player. Um, so yeah, you know, <laughs> I got to do everything later. <laughs> so, which is okay, you know. I'm, I'm, no regrets. It's uh, it's been That's fun. Awesome. So I'm gonna open mic every once in a while and do a couple songs and so. Yeah, and like you said, not uh, what people would think a shaman, you know, like you're in your vehicle going someplace uh, to do an investigation or a cleansing or something, and you're listening to Metallica. That that's I mm -hmm. can just picture that. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. you know, most people think you know, they have, people have a, a certain mindset of what they think a shaman is. Yep. And it's anybody, you know. I mean, I know guys who are, you know, like, you know, you're the shamans you think of shamans. I know people like that. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, but at the end of the day, they're usually pretty good folks. It's like you just, and I always tell people, because, you know, I still like to have a drink and stuff like that. And it's like, mm -hmm. I'm just, when I first started doing this, you know, started get, learning these things, I thought I had to act a certain way. You know, almost becoming stoic. And Dress I, a certain way. I am far from stoic. And <laughs> so, um, <laughs> I was doing this stuff, I thought, wait a minute, good drinking, you know, I'd be a monk or something mm. if I was married. Um, but I, you know, I'm like, wait a minute, this isn't you. And I'm not being totally me. It makes my, my, my spirit work, my medicine work lesser mm -hmm. if I'm not truly who I am. And so I said, you know, I kind of I pitched it out the window after a few months. 
um, because you, you know you have to be you and I mean there are certain things I can do you know that other people could do if they worked at it um, but part of it too is like you know I was invited to come do this and so but not at the expense of my soul of myself and um, so yeah I mean I don't mind telling that stuff you know mm-hmm. God, I smoked cigarettes for a long time once after I started. I mean, I've been smoking for like quit, quit 17 years ago. Hmm. But um, I know a lot of shots of smoke for people mm-hmm. in asthma. Um, I know some others in the drink too. So, um, but yeah, I mean, you just got to be you. Whatever, what even ghost hunting I've seen. You know, if you're you, if you're genuine, people are going to respond to that. You know, if I walk around with a stick up my butt. People are not going to respond to that, no matter how wise I sound, mm-hmm. because I'm not me. You know, I can I can say that stuff, but if I'm not enthusiastic about, it, if I'm not, you know, making you, you know, giving you a reason to hear what I have to say, then you know, I'm, that's I'm, I've lost it. I've done done the right thing. Um, saying you know, if you're in anybody who's you're genuine and totally yourself, then good things happen. Mm-hmm. I mean, you have a whole different way. Your your energy is totally different when you're just genuine yeah. and you're, you're yourself. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And I know you know a lot of people feel they're not like that. Mm-hmm. Um, ego's getting away. And now you know, not that I haven't had brushes with my ego in the past. I sure have, and I got my butt kicked. Mm-hmm. And so um, the one story I always love to tell. We were living. This is when we were still in East Central. No, we'd moved to a town north of there where we had been living. And so I'm out doing, I'm out walking, you know, meditating kind of. And I hear this voice say, it's time to go home. Well, I don't want to go home. Mm-hmm. You know, back to home Godfrey. I was happy. I had a good job. Julie was happy. She had a good job. Kids were happy. It's all good. Good schools. And so um, a week or so later, I'm out walking. Time to go home. I'm not going home. Okay, so a week again later, I'm doing the same thing. Hear the voice in my head. It's like a schizophrenic voice. It's just an idea pops in your head. It wasn't mm-hmm. yours. And so, um, once again, it's time to go home. You know, thrice asked, thrice refused. And um, within a month, um, well, maybe six, seven weeks, but I wasn't long after I got hurt at work because I worked with violent kids. Mm-hmm. And so, um, I had to, we were restraining, I had to restrain somebody who was just totally off the wall. So I was bringing him down, and but you can't, you don't want, yeah, I didn't want to hurt her, hurt the, hurt the person. So I, I came down my shoulder, and I heard it wrestling when I was in high school, and it just went then. And so I ended up mm-hmm. losing part of my collar. Oh, joint, AC joint just splintered. Um, wow. Yeah, that was that was really that was that fun. Feeling. <laughs> yeah. So um. So anyway, I'm home convalescing, and I get a call. I get laid off from work. It's probably uh-huh. because I filed workman's compensation, but you know. Yeah. What are you gonna do? And so I'm sure they would have made something up. So I'm like, shit. You know what am I gonna do? And well, Julie comes home. She throws her keys on the table, and she's had it for her work. After a day or so later, we come with each other. Ah, let's go home. Yeah, it's time. So I go home. So yeah. this is—I'm still practicing Lakota medicine. Then 
as if I, I've got these thoughts in my head. I'm starting to think, to be my true genuine self is probably not something I need to do because I'm going to start breaking rules, and I don't want to do that. Mm-hmm. Not that the rules are that tough, but it's just, you know, there are certain ways you got to do things, and I like to be, be more free to interpret my own own way of doing stuff. And so we move home, and a couple of months later, um, I'm looking in the newspaper, and down at the local college, it would be um, Southern Illinois University, Edwardsville, uh, and says, you know, come join Johnny Moses of the Sasewas tradition of the Pacific Northwest, you know, to, you know, Native American stories and songs and things. I said, I'll be darned, hmm. you know? And so I go down and um, meet Johnny, and, the, and there's a Red Cedar Circle, it's, and the groups are called the Red Cedar Circle, whether they're there, and there's some in Washington State and um, other places, more in the West. We're, we're probably the, the one furthest to the East. I know we are. And so I'm an Illinois group. <clears throat> so I mean, I learned that, that way of doing things, which is much more agreeable to me. And that's been practicing ever, I've been practicing it ever since. And uh, Johnny comes back every once in a while, and I'm usually picking up the, at the airport, and he wants to go to the dollar store, and we go to the dollar store. And it's, it's simple things, you know? You would mm-hmm. think, no, this guy, he's, oh, let's go to the dollar store. Like, All right, let's go to the dollar store. So it's like, I, you know, but now I, yeah, I'm just so excited about this. Here, you think I, would, I was giddy as a kid. Next month um, is Johnny's birthday. And so they're going to have a medicine gathering um, just south of Port Townsend, Washington. And they, they said, they said, hey, you know, we would really love some, some of you guys from Illinois to come. So me and another guy are going out there for that. I've never been out there. Hmm. <clears throat> this is where my tradition's from. I've never been there because it's, at first I couldn't afford it, and then I didn't have, but this is, a, this is it's like this time was supposed to happen. It's like, okay. Um, so yeah, my friend Jay and I are going out there, and, um, and we're going to go to ceremony. Ah, and it's, um, it'll be great. I'm just really looking forward to it. So, so yeah, you know, and that's it's, it's, what I mean, these things happen. Yeah. Um, I guess I smoked Sitting Bull's pipe one time. Oh, wow. The actual pipe that Sitting Bull carried. Really? Yes. I knew the carrier, yeah, and did ceremony with him and smoked it. Now, did it have mm-hmm. a certain vibe to it compared to oh, other pipes? Goodness. Oh, you, I mean, think of the people who touched that pipe. Yeah. Sitting Crazy Horse, Gall, I mean, all these. And then, you know, Keeper, Frank Fool's Crow had it. He's the one who gave it to my friend Jim. You know, and he, you know, these, you know, these people like that, uh, the Crow Dogs and the, those guys. And it's like, it was it was amazing. Cat, um, I mean, just to pick that thing up, not just mention smoking out of it. I'll never forget. It. I mean, it was one of those once-in-a-lifetime things. What was the experience like compared to other pipes? <clears throat> it's okay. like picking up as a holy relic. For one thing, I mean, you know, it's the holiest of holies almost. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the vibrations, the, the energy, I mean, it's, it's a powerful thing. Mm-hmm. It gives out powerful prayers. Um, it's hard to describe, but it, it's one of those where you you know that it's you, well, you stop thinking, you just stop thinking, and you just let it go, you let it happen. Mm-hmm. And you know, there's certain you know ways of you know that you take a puff and blow a smoke, or 
four directions and you put three puffs in the air or some people do one down two up um and then you pass it on but it was just i just felt like there was a halo of light around me when i had it i must smoke i had my hands so yeah <clears throat> it's i don't know hmm. Yeah, some people might, you know, the pilgrimages that the, the Muslims go on, you know, when you get to the holy holy place, it's mm -hmm. rock. Must be the same thing. Wailing Wall for the, for the Jewish folks. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's just a, an amazing experience. Wow. That that, you know, and it's, you know, it's, it's, I just, boy from the Midwest, <laughs> you know, it's just because I said yes, and, I, and you know, in 1993, I, I called somebody took a chance. That's how it happens. Have you ever Did looked back stuff. and have you ever looked back and, and just go, Wow, like this is this is the journey that I've been on and it's pretty wild. Yeah, oh yeah. I mean some of it's pretty boring too. I mean mm -hmm. you always talk about the highlights. Um <laughs> yeah, no, I mean it's um <laughs> it's it's not all, you know, crazy and everything like that. A lot of it's mm -hmm. just worker helping other people, it's real mundane. I, you know, I work a day job, and so I can't spend all the time I want to do and what I do, <clears throat> but I get enough in. That's not an easy job what you do either. I guess not, I don't, it's, it's to me, it's not hard. Um, it's what I love to do. Mm -hmm. And so, when you love what you do, it's not really hard, it's, it can be, not stressful, I mean, I'm pretty, confident in the medicine um I, one of my teachers he's a mohegan indian he said that he gave me this little saying one time says, um spirit puts me where i need to be which requires a lot of trust in spirit but even greater trust in me so you got i trust yourself you got and i had a worst time with this for years in believing why you know why why i have you know what did i have these these skills mm -hmm. and it's not like i mean I'm a freaking a Jedi or something like that, you know, but that I can do certain things. Mm -hmm. um, why me? Why would you want this white kid to do the white mask when the kid didn't know? But, um, but after a while, you just got to say, hell, it didn't say yes. Okay. And my tattoos are called my scarification ritual, you know. They've got, they're my spirit animals. Um, they give voice to my um, Celtic roots. So I'm part Scandinavian, part Irish, and part English. So ah. those are Viking genes, I guess. So um, not that I'm, I'm part Scottish, so I I have I, it too. But you know, I was you know yeah I was born here, so I mean it's like um, I'm hoping to get over to England in a couple of years and check some of that stuff. Ah, that'd be cool. Oh, but yeah, I'd I mean, love so to go across the pond someday. With my tattoos, is that you know, it it I I say yes, and you can't take it away from me. Mm -hmm. You know. I just, you know, I just to the point where I just, I don't even worry about it, really. I mm -hmm. just do. Um, that's all you can do after a while. It's like, okay, let's just do it. I can have right, you know, the fates guide those who will, those who won't, they drag. I'm mm -hmm. tired of getting dragged around. So, you know, okay, let's just roll. Okay, I am gotcha. And so that's what works best. <laughs> let's talk a little bit about the spirit animals. How, how did, how does a person find what their spirit animal or animals are? The first thing you do is you keep an eye around you in, in the in, when you're outside in mm -hmm. nature. You know they're not, they're not coming in the house. No. Now spirit guides you. Okay, we'll talk about that in a minute, but if you want. But start looking. Just be aware. Don't look for particular animals. 
everybody wants an eagle, okay? Not everybody can have an eagle. And sometimes maybe the eagle comes later, but you got to start someplace. So, you know, make yourself available to the outside, go for walks, go to parks. I have a forest preserve I go to. Um, I live, like I said, on the river. I go out and it overlooks the river. Um, I mean, you can't walk by the river because there's big rocks down there and I'll fall mm. and cut myself or get hit by a car. And so I don't want either one of those. No. So, no. So, but yeah, be out and be outside and be aware. And you start seeing a certain animal, bird or a rabbit or a squirrel, you know, just, they just, it seems like they see them more than you should. Mm-hmm. You would normally see them. That's where you start. And so I could say, you know, you could call somebody like me up, or you can just go Google it. That's amazing stuff. And it's going to give you about the same answer anybody else is going to give you. Um, you know, squirrel totem or squirrel medicine. And give it a look. I mean, in general, it'll give you an idea of what you, you know, what this animal's trying to tell you. Um, you also look, take, look at the point of what, what's going on in your life. Mm-hmm. Um, is it a good time, a bad time? You know, is there, is there a problem you work out? And what kind of messages does the animal have for you? Even the point where you can look that up is you can also meditate on that animal and see what what you what comes up. Think about the animal. Sit outside if you see it. You know, ask for it to you know tell you what what needs to happen. And if like it's a rabbit, you know, rabbit medicine will tell you what's going on. And they come in handy sometimes. I was doing a class. My first spirit animal was a hawk. Um, so that's my that's my seeing animal. I did more psychic work at first, mm-hmm. and saw so, your know, hawks see. And um, so I was teaching a class up in St. Louis, and somebody brought their cousin, you know, <laughs> somebody who was into it brought their cousin who was being kind of, I wouldn't say a jerk, but he was like, you know, could tell he wasn't into it, he'd make little comments and things like that. You know, mm-hmm. Okay, cool, you know, he's, you know, he wasn't close to getting kicked out or anything like that. So um, we had to take him out in the back, they had a little backyard back there, and we did some, I did this thing where I help people work with trees. Because trees are the best things in the world to, to, to exchange energy with. To get understand, get that feeling of how energy flows. Mm-hmm. And so you get that with a tree. And so he and I are talking, and I just knew what was going on above me. So I didn't look up. And the guy was like, how do you know stuff works? I said, I said, well, why don't you ask those hawks, which is my spirit animal above me. He looks up, there's two hawks circling us. And so they heard what was going on, I guess, and he came to, to support me. Mm-hmm. And so I kind of goes, oh. And he was the best student after that. <laughs> he was great. <laughs> he was all into it. But you know, some people need that sign. I mean, I needed a sign. Yeah. Um, I look back through my life, and I went back after all this happened. I said, why did this happen at that age? Well, I look back, and there was, there was clues. When I was in third grade, my teacher, our teacher was the Hobbit. And he got to that part where Gandalf visits Bilbo for the first time mm-hmm. and you know the, the narrator of the book in the book n- introduces him all oh, that would be Gandalf and talks about Gandalf a little bit and I had this thrill go up my spine I was nine years old hmm. like, that was odd but all, ever since then I was always into wizards and you know those were my people ask who's your heroes and I said you know wizards and, and um, then you know and then the Jedi it was like I was always into the wizards and things like that, this, you know, um, uh, Merlin and all that stuff. Yep. And um, so when I was 20, okay, 
I'm aging myself really well here. Um, <laughs> Twenty Star Wars game comes out. So. Yeah, I remember going to see Star Wars when it first came out too. So. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, so you get to this part. I mean, this and the reason I tell stories like this is this is how everybody can get these messages and it's these experiences. And usually, it happens in our body somehow. And so, you know, just t just to pay attention to this kind of stuff. So, they get to the point where Obi Wan has rescued Luke from the Sand People, and they're back at, at Obi Wan's hut. And they've talked for a while, and um, they see the message from Princess Leia, and you know, Sir Alec Guinness, you know, played Obi Wan. He goes, you know, "Now I'll try to do the imitation. It's not very good, but you get the, <laughs> the point." He goes, "You must learn the ways of the Force if you're coming with me to Alderaan." And I get that same tingle. That was pretty good. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I've been doing interviews for years now. But <laughs> You'll have to get that part. Because he has that little what? In his voice. Um, <laughs> probably comes from acting, I guess. I, I was in a play. I was, I was playing Jonathan Harker and Jack at one time. And, um, I, have, I, I, I had a decent British accent in the first act, but it just, my daughter was telling me, yeah, by the, by the third act, it's gone. That's <laughs> <laughs> so, so anyway, so I, you know, you get that same feeling again. Now, to me, those were invitations, and but I didn't know what they were. You know, I had again no reason to know, and I had nobody talked to about. It. Mm -hmm. You know, because it sounds crazy. Um, so yeah, I mean, this is when you even before you've you've decided, you know, that something's got to change, it leaves you clues. Um, my um, when I was five, this is one of these things that came up. Like you, all these all these memories start coming up after you've mm -hmm. done it for a while. It's like, mm -hmm. oh man, that's what that meant. And so, when I was five years old, um, my grandmother, my dad's mom, was in a nursing home. And now, my job today is I'm an advocate for people that live in nursing homes. I'm an ombudsman, and so I, you know, I can relate to this. When I was five, and so I mean, the place smelled abominably. I mean, even today you can get away with that stuff. It was bad of urine and everything else. And um, so I could stay in there for a while, but I had, you know, I was five years old. I'd start acting out. You know, nobody could do anything about it because it was bad. So they said, "Yeah, mm. go outside and play." So I would I'd go outside, and um, you know, those days it was no big deal. You know, if you're five years old, uh, now you wouldn't do it. But, no. Um, no, I know that's sad. <laughs> so anyway, I was outside. And this older lady, she had a shawl, <clears throat> and she goes, oh, comes walking up to me, and I'm like, oh, that's, that's, it's not surprising, it's a, it's a nursing home, so mm -hmm. I can't, I'm scared of that. But I was kind of like, you know, I kind of was like, it, you know, why would I remember this? But I did, I remember, remember really crystal clear. And she comes over to me, and she doesn't really say anything. Oh, well, you know, kind of, you know, sing-songy kind of a voice, and pats me on the head, and, you know, you know. <laughs> And so she gives me this little plastic baby doll. Now, you remember that old plastic, it'd break? Yeah. And um, it the brittle stuff, and so a piece was broken out of the chest. It was only about, yeah, it was only about four inches tall. Mm -hmm. And um, so I'm like, I'm like, why would somebody give me a broken doll? You know, but still, I was kind of mesmerized by it, um, that she would give me such a thing. And so I looked down, and I looked up to say thank you, and she's like 50 yards away from me. Yeah, I looked at, you know, and something else caught my attention. I looked away and she was gone. Hmm. Like, well, that's weird. But, you know, I'm five years old. It's like, okay. And why, you know, why this interaction, this way, boom, boom, like that. 
So years later, after you know, after um, I'd gone through my epiphany and some training and whatnot, we had an old family album out from my dad's side, and I see this this picture. And it's like, holy crap, it's her. She's got these crazy eyes, you know. It's like old Brady woman eyes, you know, medicine, yeah. medicine, old hills kind of look. I mean, those eyes look right through you. And it was the same one, same lady that saw me. It was, I mean, she'd been long dead when that happened. I said, wow. oh. Yeah. And so, so now, I bet you know, every once in a while she'll come around and... I remember last, well, I feel around sometimes, especially if I'm doing certain types of medicine work, she'll come in. That's why I think she's probably new mountain medicine. Um, but I remember when, when Emily, my daughter, I was giving her a bath, and it was getting to that time, you know, there's a certain time when, after a certain time, daddy can't give daughters baths anymore. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not appropriate. Mm -hmm. So, or she'd get her actions getting pretty close to be able to do it herself anyway. So, so I was giving her a bath. That's probably about the last one I gave her, I think. And I feel my great-grandmother come in the room. She has a certain feeling. I say, hello, you know, come on in. It's cool. And, you know, she's just looking at Emily and, you know. And I can, you know, I can't see her through my eyes. I can feel her. I can see her, you know, through that looking. And um, she kind of, you know, I, I could kind of feel her touching my arms. I said, okay, you know, you can come in. Mm -hmm. I could tell what I'm going to do. Because I was getting ready to wash Emily's hair. And she wanted to wash Emily's hair. And so I could feel the energy through my fingers. I was watching it with hair. That's amazing. <laughs> it was like, I was like, you know, it was so cool, but it's kind of a weird feeling too. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. She loves that story. She comes in when I tell that story. That is pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Now, does your daughter um, see things like that as well? Yeah. Yeah, she does. My, my, they both have um, some of my skills. Mm-hmm. Um, my daughter is very perceptive. Um, she's she's pretty psychic. Um, does okay on ghost hunts. We actually had a Sutton family ghost hunt. Oh, really? With my wife and I, and my two kids, and my my son-in-law, mm -hmm. and um, we had a great time. You know, Julie has sort of gotten into it. You know, she could always see ours, but she's got. I mean, I trust her enough. Now I go to do a house house walk with her. Take her with mm -hmm. me to do a house walk. See if somebody has ghost problems. My son. Now he's a big, he's like six one, wise refrigerator, and um, he um, he loves it going in the dark and dirty stuff, you know, mm -hmm. the warrior kind of stuff, uh, looking for something that's um, causing a ruckus. That's that's what he likes, and so mm -hmm. he's got that energy for that. Mm -hmm. He was a football player and all that stuff, and so um, he likes that that sort of that sort of physical stuff, and so yeah, they've all got you know some type of gift. It's um, very helpful too having a parent who understands and recognizes it, and actually helps the kids when they start mm -hmm. developing their um, their gifts. Because there's so okay. many people out there that you know the parents will shut them down, or they try to make them feel that they're crazy, or you know, and mm -hmm. I, that really saddens me. Yeah, I've dealt with parents like that before. Yeah. You know, usually mom's kind of okay with it, but usually it's dad you got to deal with. And mm -hmm. um, like especially if you got a place where there's a hunt going on, and you got a daughter or a kid there, mm -hmm. and you start talking to the kid, and it's like, oh, she's gonna, you know, she's got these medium qualities, and so the ghosts, the reason they're bothering is because they want to talk to her. 
Mm-hmm. They know she can. They know that they don't know that she can't quite do it yet. Mm-hmm. But they can see the gift, yep. and so they'll, they'll be messing with them. And so I, we, you know, I teach them how to create boundaries, and I said, "Listen, guys, you gotta let her do this, mm-hmm. or you're gonna have a problem later on." And usually, usually they acquiesce. But if, I, if I'm telling the father, and I'm talking like I do, you know, mm-hmm. hey man, this is, you know, like, oh, she's all this. No, it's not like that. It's like, hey, dude, this is the way it is. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm lying to you. I've been seeing this stuff for almost 30 years. This is what's going on. You know, I say this away from the kid. Like, you know, she's got these skills. <clears throat> she would, she didn't ask for them. She's born with them. And it's, you know, you need, you need to kind of let her, you know, get to learn, at least learn how to protect herself. Mm-hmm. If anything, and usually they're pretty good about it after that. I so, hate it when yeah. parents would would say, uh, you know, um, try to tell the children that it's de- demonic. You're not, don't, yeah. you know, just yeah. ignore it. Oh no, no. I've had several people in classes that went through all that. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> lots of Catholic kids, <laughs> you know, um, but um, and I, that's, I'm not disparaging Catholic groups. I know some pretty cool Catholics. I've had nuns come to my class before. Really? What's that yeah. like? Yeah, they were just, there was one, those are, yeah, I love these kind of nuns. They're like, hey, I'm going to go learn something whether you like it or not. Mm-hmm. You know, and I want to check this out. And it's not that they're being converted or anything like that. They're just curious. Yeah. And so, and my, you know, I'm not, yeah, you know, what's this like? You know, it's like the Holy Spirit. Yeah, okay. And mm-hmm. you know, that's why I tell people who follow the Jesus road, mm-hmm. people are Christians, I say, think of this as the Holy Spirit that's working through you and this stuff. I mean, it's not a sin. Mm-hmm. You know, you can pick out points, you know, parts in the Bible. John says, you know, Jesus said to the disciples, you can do as I do and more. So, you know, so <laughs> I have to admit, I've, I've gone out there and, and, you know, kind of taken some cherry picks and quotes out of the Bible. To, yeah. To points sometimes, so. A little bit yeah. of firepower. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's just a way of engaging people. It's like, you know, um, but no. You don't have to go up. You're doing. There's some wonderful Christian mystics, for goodness sakes. Um, especially in the Catholic. I mean, you wouldn't think so, but yeah. Um, there's an author named. Um, I've been really good to remember names all night. Um, I'll come up with it. But you have Teresa of Avila, um, Saint John of the Cross. These are all mystics. Um, mm-hmm. You have the. Um, the you know these different gospels. Gospel according to Thomas. Which is, you know, to me is legit stuff because it's, you know, just because they didn't put in the Bible doesn't mean it's not legit. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, Thomas Merton was a was a, a monk down in um, Gethsemane, Gethsemane is in Kentucky, is Gethsemane um, Monastery, and he wrote some amazing things. And actually, they let him go to conferences and stuff. But he'd be like into these Buddhist guys. He would think Nakhon were friends, hmm. um, mm-hmm. because. They were the mystic part, you know, this, this connection, this communion with, with the, the holy energy. Mm-hmm. And that's what it's about to them. He goes, the monks and the practitioners always go on fine. The theologians would argue, um, <laughs> you know, and so, which is probably true. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's all sorts of neat stuff in there. Um, Dead Sea Scrolls. I mean, you know, there's all sorts of cool things that you don't hear about. Um, I see so much stuff now that's like, yeah, you know. I don't think Jesus would be too down with that. Yeah. You know, it's like hate liberals six days a week, love one on the seventh. You know, because that's his stuff's pretty liberal if you stop and look at it. Um, yeah. You know, love your neighbors yourself. Oh. You know, 
or treated what Moses, you know, you would treat others the way you want to be treated. Mm-hmm. That's all very biblical stuff, basic stuff. If you can't get that right, you know, <laughs> there's a problem. So, but that's my two cents on that. I think it, it depends, you know. It's like if I were to be disparaging about um, people because they weren't, they didn't believe the way I did. Mm-hmm. That's stupid. You know, it's once a waste of time. I'll engage in conversation. And, you know, I, and I don't, I'm not an evangelist, but that's the word. Usually, I won't talk to people about it unless they ask me. Mm-hmm. Um, or if it's something comes up where it looks like they would be open to it, I'll say, you know, I do this and this. Oh, okay, you know, we'll get a conversation. But other than that, I mean, by far as I'm concerned, you're free to do what you want. It's just what you do with what you pick is what's most important. If you're going to walk the Jesus road and you walk like Jesus, perfect. That's good. I did a, I was at a conference one time. This is actually for my day job work. And there's a group called Sage, and it's it's there's a few chapters in the United States, I think. But what's about it's a it's a support group or a group for um, aging, LBG, you know, gay. I, I gosh, I never love the letters right. Yeah, but, you me know, neither. I know, and I should, you know, I really should because I do care a lot about that. Um, but yeah, you know, the people who are that you know that different, you know, sexually, and from the from the mainstream. It was at this little. It was at this church in in, in a town not too far from here where we had the conference, and so we had it. and It was really good. I was really, really enjoyed it. Sort of social work kind of people and stuff. And so I was talking to the minister afterwards, and I said, um, "You know what really impresses me?" So what's that? I said, "To see a church that actually follows the teachings of Jesus." And he go. He looked at me and he goes, "Thank you." You know, and, so, and I was probably the best compliment I could have given. Hmm. Because, you know, I mean, you look at, I mean, most people say Christians, well, you know, you're not supposed to be for that stuff. No. They're human beings. They need to be treated with kindness and respect, whether you agree with them or not. Yep. Yeah. Agreed. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to touch a little bit on the, the investigating part. Can you, mm-hmm. or not necessarily investigating, um, so someone calls you and says that they're having issues with spirits or whatever walk us mm-hmm. through how you walk into a, someone's home or business or whatever and okay what what do you do first thing i do is um i just kind of know what the root problem is and i don't want to know much more normally uh-huh. especially in a big place i mean you know if you get somebody with their house and a family they, they they're going to tell you stuff and it's like okay that's fine but um I like to start outside because one, you want, it gives you an idea of you can kind of scan into the house, but also you feel what what the energy of, of, of the land is on, the house is on, or doing on. Mm-hmm. I've been to many places that should never have been haunted. Um, case in point for our schoolhouse in, in uh, Iowa, lots of good haunt stuff there, but it wasn't nothing bad happened there, you know. But you go outside, and the energy of the land is so magnificent, is so strong, you can almost eat it mm. and it's just beautiful that this is why because spirits are attracted to energy so you know Hensdale house is like that that land is 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 just off the hook insane I never go in the house hardly I'm usually outside talking to the spirits out there so anyway I'll, excuse me, I'm gonna go outside first check all that stuff out the land and sometimes I can see into the house feel something roaming in the house um, YWCA here in town's haunted I pulled up outside, got out, started doing my thing. I could see you feel this young girl up in this one part of the place. It was like, 
you know, just going back and forth, back and forth, you know, those residuals probably. And I'm like, do we gotta go up there? So we go up there and a couple of miles went off. No either. So there's something, you know, and you could feel it. And she was looking, she, I guess she was a babysitter there or something. Because uh, it's been there for God knows how, it's been there probably from, since early 1900, hmm. hundreds, um, the building. And so she was looking for the kids. That's what she does. She looks for the kids. And, um, so, and yeah, so yeah, that's one way of pinpointing target areas um, that you might want to go investigate. Mm-hmm. And so I do that, and so then I go. Now, also, you can kind of, you know, something feels like it's off or not right, or you feel kind of a negative energy. You can you can know that before you walk in the door. Yeah. Okay, because you know, so what am I doing? What am I, I'm, I've got energy. Okay, so I project it out, like my with my consciousness. And I just go into those places. I can, it feels, it's like um, laying down sonar or something, or radar. And it, something crosses that field, I can, I can feel it. And then I know something's there, and then I can, it, and this is how psychic stuff works. You're, 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 you're connected to something else's energy, you can kind of feel it, and mm-hmm. what it's saying, what it's doing. Um, so that gives you an idea of what's happening. Then you go in the house. Um, then I just kind of go where I think I want to go. Some people would say start at a certain spot. I usually go to a place that feels interesting to me. Start there. Um, now, if I'm doing a cleansing, it's totally different. But, you know, just when I'm investigating, I look like I go to those, those spots I've felt outside. Now, if I'm going in and I'm walking, you know, walking through the place and something else catches my attention, I'm going to go there. But basically, um, I call it bird dogging. Other people have other words for it, but I'm finding out where stuff is. Yeah. And then I, if I have, you know, I've got people there with me who are, We've got the gadgets and stuff, and dude, you might want to try over there and over here. And at the time with the little young girl looking for the kids, get up there, Mel, and the K2s go off, right where she's walking. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, that's basically what I do is, is go in there. And then now, you have certain responsibilities once you're in the house with, the, with other people. That's to keep a watch on things. Um, you know, that sometimes that you get a negative entity that doesn't like our presence. So, if they find something like that, then you you know, your job is to keep try to keep everybody safe. And so you you know, it's like usually it's like okay, you know, we're just here to do this and this, and we're not here to any disrespect. Um, now, if I'm doing a lot of stuff outside, I'll do this initially. Is I'll do a drum circle outside mm-hmm. and talk to the spirits. I even do it in the house. I've done it in the house. You see, I'll go in the basement to do it. It kind of depends who I'm with before I do that. If I just get if I if I think I should do it, I'll do it. I don't care. Um, and people don't mind. Most people kind of like it. So we'll do that to talk to them, let them know right off the bat, this is what our intentions are. You know, mm-hmm. sing a couple of songs, we introduce ourselves, we say, you know, thank you for letting us come in, you know, just be real polite. And, and most times they respond very well to that. And even they'll, they'll get active on EVPs. And um, my favorite, the Necrophonic. I just love that thing. I don't think I'm familiar with that. Oh, it's a, it's a phone app, okay? People say, oh, that's a phone Ah, I've gotten some good stuff on those. Really? I've got names. You know, who am I with? Brent. Sure enough, those guys with me was Brent. Wow. (laughs) Yeah. Now, I always stay away from phone apps. I know. I know. And it's like, it was like 10 bucks a socket to try. Because I'm not buying a Geoport. Those things (laughs) are too expensive. That's not good. Because I've worked with Dan Class is real good with a Geoport. 
and um, he and I have worked together a lot. And it's you get this, you know, like there's no words programmed into it. Mm-hmm. It's you know, it's just it's like the like ovulus. A, a ghost, yeah, it's it's like an ovulus, mm-hmm. but it's just it's just like it gives it a, a, them a venue to uh, a medium to voice. Um, I don't know how that works. I'm terrible at tech stuff, but um, <laughs> yeah. So am I. <laughs> I need to know tech stuff. <laughs> I use so, it, but I can't explain how I use it. <laughs> yeah, that just works, you know. Yeah. And um, okay, so once we were using, I, I I do a spiritual group once a month. Uh, Kyrie Chris is crazy, chaotic spiritual circle, and so you know, and so anyway, because we just talk about anything, and we never have a plan, we just do. And so one night they wanted to, when we were meeting, they wanted to um me to get that out and I've got a Bluetooth speaker that goes with it um, so we're passing you know people are asking questions and this is not too long after Ghost Adventures was in there and so one of them that wasn't me one of the members of the group says what did you like did you like Zach right away no <laughs> like that okay another one goes what did you like Aaron a little bit of pause no <laughs> then I heard one of them goes dude I'm like, dude, who's saying dude? Dude. I said, are you imitating Aaron? <laughs> dude, 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 dude. Just like that. Boom, 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 boom. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> so after I was sold after that. You can say what you want about it, you know. Yeah. But, you know, if, if, I mean, I can sit there and say, well, I, you know, I feel this and, I, and I've got this message or whatever like the mediums do. I just find this more fun. I mean, and kind of probably it's more people can get more out of it. Mm-hmm. That way. because even the spirits seem to like it a little better. Um, because like you know what I was, gosh, I was in Boulder at Florida School one time. I have so much better luck. I'm just talking conversationally. Not when did you die? Who all is here? Say hey, what do you guys like? What do you guys like to eat when you were still around? Mm-hmm. You know, just getting that conversation. So one time we were down. That's that that night we were down there, and then one of the people down there was talking about Tom Petty. He goes, "You guys know Tom Petty? You know he's dead." Something. You get a couple like, oh, you know, da da da, and so on. Kind of like a recognition, but not nothing, you know, very good about it. So next group comes in. One of the first things that comes out of that thing is Tom's dead. <laughs> they're probably like, what? Yeah, they're like, they, you know, I, I, I give the girls a lot of credit when it comes to that stuff because sometimes they're kind of funny, and yeah. sometimes they like to do stuff like that because you get, you know. Let's have some fun together, you know, and that's what we know. I said, hey, guys, you're really fine night. Thank you. I'm just, you know, <laughs> I really got to start recording this stuff. I mean, I used to always say this in the tape, but um, some you of should. Really, I get some funny stuff in there, some good stuff. So That's awesome. I can't, you know, I have to say, hey, it works for me, you know. Yeah. I'm going to have to try that out next time. In our yeah. next. This is only, I don't know what it is in Canadian currency, but it's nine, it's like 10 bucks in the States. So it's probably like sixty bucks Canadian. No. Yeah, I know. I've heard about the exchange rate. Oh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, lordy. Yeah. Yeah, I find if you um, if you go into an investigation lighthearted, um, it's a much better investigation. And I have actually told uh, the team that I'm with that um, if I'm not in the right frame of mind I'm not going to go on an investigation because mm-hmm. I'm just going to attract negative things and yeah. I don't want to bring that home to my family. Oh, they love that stuff. Those, those ghosts, um, they, they, I mean, they will swoop down that. That's why you get these, you know, you get these um, 
people I call you know, the house calls and stuff. And you get there, it's like, because uh, you know, the only demon in this house is drugs, alcohol, violence, mental illness. Mm-hmm. However, there are spirits who are attracted to that. Yep. Because they like that kind of, they like to feed off that kind of energy. So they're there. Yeah, you've got ghosts. Okay, mm-hmm. but they're just here for the for the buffet. Yeah, it's like a you moth got, to a flame. You know, X, Y, and Z, you know. It's like they don't want to hear that because, you know, they want it to be a ghost. And you can always find somebody that's going to tell you it's a ghost if you go through enough teams. Yeah. Um, that's what's really causing the problem. But they want to externalize everything. So mm-hmm. it won't be about them. It's got to be about something else. You know, even though you get holes in your wall from people punching it. Yeah. You know, whatever you want to do. You know, this is, I'm just telling you what the real deal is. Mm-hmm. If you can get rid of these things if you make some changes, or if you start making some changes, I'll come back. But not until you do. One guy's a hoarder. Yeah, there's something in there. I couldn't get to it. I said, man, I said, I will come back. I'll be happy to come back. You gotta get rid of this stuff. You know, you gotta, mm-hmm. I can't even get to where you, you know. It wasn't a very serious ghost. It was a suicide house for one thing. Oh. And uh, some, yeah, and that attracts, but it was, mm-hmm. it was just an annoying kind of spirit, I think. It was, uh, mm-hmm. had plenty to eat, so. And this guy was Millville too, so he had put oil, like um, motor oil, that you have to can. I guess a bottle now. And he had he had white, you know, white siding on his house, and there's a ring of, of oil around it. Goes, what did you do that for? Oh, this. I mean, this guy's talk. This guy's had everybody in town that's even halfway into this stuff to check it out. And so he goes, "Yeah, this witch told me that I should do that." I'm going, God. And he used motor oil. <laughs> Uh, knowing some witches, that's probably true. I mean, God, I love most of them, but some of them do some crazy stuff. <laughs> There's some shamans who do some crazy stuff. Too. <laughs> Can you walk us through what you do exactly when you go do a cleansing? Sure. Um, so by then, I've already established where the problems are generally. Um, mm. So what we do is, um, but we're gonna do the whole house. Mm-hmm. So basically, what you're doing is you dry your. Um, you are, I start at the basement and go work my way up to, and I go, usually I go waterways or counterclockwise, yeah, around the room. And then I, so I'll start in the basement. Smudge, candlelight, maybe some sweet grass to call good spirits in. And then when you get to the doorway, you spread some salt down. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I prefer sea salt. I've got black salt. I guess if I really had something that was really crazy, I'd use black salt. That stuff gets all your, gets stains your fingers. And so if I don't have to use it, I don't. Plus, it's kind of expensive. So, um, I like sea salt too. Yeah, I mean sea salt to me rocks, and so I didn't use that. So you, and you so you seal the room by doing that. You've gone through all these things. You, you've cleansed. You've cleansed it. The candles alive spirit. It brings wholesomeness and good energy. If you use a sweet grass, it's going to call protectors. So, and you do that, and you move around the bottom, you know, and basically you're counterclockwise and all the way around. So then you got to go up the stairs. So what you and you're leaving behind you a sealed area. So something was there; it's been driven. Mm-hmm. And so you and you just keep going up and up, and you always at the at the very top, the last room you're at, you leave a window open, so it can get out. Mm-hmm. Um, I've heard stories now that you have more. Actually, windows get broken when you run them out. Oh or, wow. One guy tells a story I read in the book. Is the whole window frame went out. And so, um, yeah. Hmm. So that's why you do that. Um, but yeah, and then, <clears throat> then I go outside, and if you need to, and like I will put, 
Well, actually, I instruct. I teach. I now. I always have the people. You know, at least one or two of the people live there with me because I'm teaching them how to do it. Uh-huh. This is what you do if this happens again. You know, I don't. You know, I don't charge people. I charge maybe a couple bucks for gas uh-huh. when I do that spiritual work. I don't charge for that. I don't charge for healing work. Um, you know, if I do, you know, if I'm doing a psychic fair or psychic, yeah, I charge for that. Um, but you know, by and large, I don't charge for much. You know, obviously, paranormal events and stuff like that is one thing. But yeah, it's a different, thing. little different. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, I teach them how to do it. So then we go outside. <coughs> and, what, and this is one way you can do it. <coughs> I don't have the market cornered on or anything. So you can um, you put a, a crystal. I use a quartz crystal. Stick it in the ground at equal distance from the house, around the house, in each cardinal direction. I just start with the east, and then I go to the north, the west, the south, and back to the east with these crystals. And so then you walk around, and I, I might use a selenite wand, or I might use my staff, or I just might use my hand, and you drive energy, starting, you know, walking around again, you drive the energy and activate the circle around there. And then you've got the crystals to keep the, keep the circle alive after you've left. Now you can't leave it at that because you've got above and below. And so you've got to bring the energy up over the house and then under the house. And you teach the people living there and say, okay, this is what you, you close your eyes and your mind's eye, you see all this stuff happening. If you want to do what I did and walk around like that, that's fine. Mm-hmm. If you want to add more crystals, that's fine. You can do that. Um, yeah, and we, then we create a barrier around the house. So that gives words. I got that around my house. So mm-hmm. um, I keep wanting to guest out. And people say, you worry about stuff coming home with you. They don't want to come home with me. <laughs> I'm not kind for that sort of thing. Yeah. <laughs> but um, I don't mind. You know, sometimes you have, I've thrown down with things, with entities. Um, that's kind of part of my job. And so it doesn't scare me. But I mean, mm-hmm. you know, I'll get my butt kicked someday. But um, so far. But not so today. <laughs> not today. Yeah, I don't know. You know, it's just, it's, and I, I don't say I like I don't put that in my descriptions. That's what I do, but mm-hmm. um, you know somebody's got to do it, and so it's me. And so I got a good relationship with the thunder beings or the thunderbird, and so it gives me a lot of extra energy for that sort of thing. Hmm. And my, to be honest, my energy is more destructive than it is um, creative. How so? And not yeah. I mean, well, it's like uh, like a thunderstorm. You know, it's, it's it rains, it thunders, all this stuff. But it, it flushes out all this crap. You know, it makes the land fresh again. And that's pretty much like if I'm doing healing work, I like, yeah, this is what I really like to do. And I can do both sides, don't get me wrong. But I really like to do the initial pass through, like, you know, and it's like using that thunder medicine to break up all this negative stuff. It's like, okay, let's say you get a new driveway. You got cracks in the driveway, it's all crappy. So what do you do first? You take out the old concrete, right? So you've got, you know, you laid bare. It's open, that's all, it's, you know, it's cool. Mm-hmm. And then they bring the concrete, nice and smooth, white and new. And so it's like, I, a friend of mine, especially a friend of mine named Donna, um, works at the Ratings Inn here in town. That's where the the um, Mineral Springs Hotel is. It's not a hotel anymore. It's got shops in it. Mm-hmm. And so you know, I, that's my job. Boom, blow that crap out of there. And then Donna or some other Reiki person or whoever, you know, psh, brings them that nice, you know, very light, and you know, good, strong, energy of the light mm-hmm. I, I can do both because I've done both I just kind of I kind of like doing it that way you know um, but that same thing translates into protecting other people in us you know in situations and so 
It's like, yeah, no, you're not doing that. Especially when it comes to kids. <clears throat> I got no tolerance for that stuff. You don't, don't have don't what, sorry? Them. Oh, yeah. I don't cross them because I don't believe in that stuff. Mm-hmm. But um, people say cross them, I think they just duck behind a tree and they come back. It's, you know, it's probably... Hmm. Maybe some people can. But anyway, so it's like, no, you, you, you got to... You gotta go. You can't. You have to go home, but you can't stay here. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Heard that once or twice. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Uh, shoot, I've seen Don more times than Tony Orlando. <laughs> um, that's a no, very old reference for us. You guys have there. <laughs> Our generation get it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was a, a group called Tony Orlando and Don. Back yeah. In, back in the day. <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> I love your energy, your attitude. This is <laughs> I, love, I, I love having fun. Yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah. I can't, you know, that's just kind of how my way works for me. It's why be stoic, why? Because, you know, people, you know, who, who doesn't like to laugh? And I tell dumb jokes and stuff like that, you know, sometimes. Yeah. So, but and people are like, uh, you know, but they get into it, you know, anyway, so. Um, but yeah, it's just you know, let's have fun with this stuff. I had a, I had an um, episode once where um, I had a good friend and pod- a fellow podcaster uh, named John Mallard. He has the uh, so oh. not uh, not related to Jim Mallard. Right? <laughs> oh, no, I know. I, I, okay, I actually, you know I, John. John and I are, are friends on on Twitter. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah. from uh, to Newfoundland, and I had him on once, and John loves to laugh too, and him and I had a great time, and. I had a lot of, well, not a lot, but I had quite a few comments. This one person in in particular say, didn't like the episode because paranormal shouldn't have humor. And I'm like, why not? Yeah, did not like the episode one bit. I'm like, well, thank you for taking time to comment. I appreciate it, you know, um, negative or positive. You're taking the time to tell me how you feel, and I appreciate that. But, um, no, John and I just laughed so much. And, uh, yeah, some people didn't like that. But, you know, what do you learn? You know, the thing is, it's like, if it's that serious, I wouldn't do it. You know, Mm -hmm. if you can't have a laugh. I mean, when the Spirit says something funny, I laugh. Yeah. You know, it's it's legit. It's a legit laugh. I mean, again, you're changing who you are to, to fit a, a, what you your perception of what something should be. Mm-hmm. But unless you know you take no pleasure in life and things like that, which some people don't. Uh, yeah, always very serious. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it reminds me of my friend Wes Forsyth, who um, used to do a show called Paranormal Filler. Um, he's he does Scarefest Television now for the, mm-hmm. the Scarefest down there in Lexington. And I, I kind of I'm trying to remember if I was his co-host or not that night but he had Dustin Perry on and Wes and, Wes and I know Dustin pretty well and so Dustin likes there's two things Dustin really likes Dustin likes pies and Dustin likes goats goats he loves goats <laughs> I swear he, the guy loves goats he hates goats so it's like you know he gets like so 20 minutes of the show they're talking about goats because Wes is on the farm <laughs> and so people are going nuts in the chat room <laughs> You know, they were just both getting into my goats and trees and stuff like. Cause there's a calendar. There's goats and trees, and there's goats in the trees. <laughs> and um, yeah, and so we talked about goats for 20 minutes, um, and yeah, maybe 20, 15. But you know, That's only an funny. hour show. People are going berserk. I'm laughing my butt off. I think it's funny. 
when you mentioned pie, it reminded me of uh, I did a public investigation with another team here, Chaps. Uh, mm -hmm. Dave Gibb is the um, the lead investigator, and this is before I did any investigating. And uh, we were at an old museum, and uh, the Champlain Trail Museum, and 98 people showed up. They didn't expect that many people, wow. so they had to break us up into four teams, right? So we were in the old schoolhouse, and um, everybody is taking turns with all the different equipment and everyone's asking the same the same questions <coughs> do you know mm -hmm. you're dead you know what year is it right. yada yada mm -hmm. they get to my friend's husband and he asks do you like pie the whole place goes quiet nobody could make eye contact because we would have all started laughing uh -huh. and it's just like Oh my God! So then he he gives the recorder to the next person next to him, and they're not even looking at him. They're just trying to take the recorder, and, er and everybody's just kind of like. So every time I hear pie when we're talking about paranormal and all that, I always <laughs> think of my friend's husband. Do you like pie? pie? <laughs> well, you know, so one, you know, one time, um, Dustin Scarefest did an almost impromptu uh, con up in Springfield all night, which is. A lot closer than in Lexington to me, and um, I think they're trying to film something, you know, to do for the for the uh, events or whatever. But they had Dustin was up there, and um, 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 the lady used to do the um, the uh, tour guide to Bobby Mackey's, um, who's a friend of ours, and um, quite nice she passed away. <clears throat> so you know, it's a few other people. Too. So Julie and I drive up there just because it's so close and you know and I have not really met Dustin yet you know maybe in passing so he's at, he's at, I mean there's so few people who stand at his table by himself and so I'm like geez I kind of feel sorry for him I'm going to start talking to him and you know we just we, and we started we just kind of hit it off and Julia just loves him and so <clears throat> you know Dustin and I ran into these a couple of times and I mentioned to Julia one day that you know he really likes pie <laughs> so we did an event at the um, Missouri State Penitentiary um, it's a pretty cool place, and so you know, and it was like it was one of Mark Tetlow's last um, the events he put on, where he got out of the business. Um, so we got tickets. I got. I swore to God, I'd never pay big money for a ticket. You know, it was, it was like Dustin. It was supposed to be Amy Allen, John Zaffis. It ended up Amy couldn't make it. She wasn't there, so they brought in Steve Consolves and um, Marianne Stewart. Marianne Stewart's really good. You don't hear much about her, but she's she's excellent. So anyway, so Julie just said we have to go. So I got a bogo, so at least I didn't pay that much. So anyway, we were getting ready to go, and this this woman made a pie. My wife. It was so big, <laughs> you couldn't put it in a pie carrier. Oh wow! Okay, like those Tupper. No, you should get a cake. <laughs> Tupperware cake carrier <laughs> to put this pie in. <laughs> I never seen a pie like that. I mean, you never anything like that for me. Let's dust it. Oh, I love this. So, and so here we are. We marching through Missouri State Band with this pie. All these signs of absolutely positively no food. That did not phase that woman for two seconds. She bowled her way through, and we gave Dustin his pie, and you know, got chatting for Ivan and Steve mm -hmm. and, and John. And um, so during the um, when they're doing their Q and A and their introduction things, he call you know he gives her a shout out, Mrs. Coyote, yeah, thank you for the pie. Mrs. Coyote. You know? That's what they call her. That's what they call her. <laughs> <coughs> so. <laughs> what kind of pie was it? Huh? What kind it of pie was it? Pie. It was oh. pie. Now he's next, and I'm supposed to see him at Michigan Paracon, so um, I'll um, 
he's requested a pumpkin pie this time, so he'll get that. Oh, love pumpkin mm -hmm. pie. Has to be spicy, though. Oh, yeah, yeah, she'll make it yeah. up there if you want. Yeah. It's not like she's like, you know, the kitchen or anything like that, but she does mm. make a pretty decent pie. Hmm. So, um, at least I found that out now. <laughs> when she made the pie for Dustin, Dan, that's good. Dan Class likes pie, too, so she gets a pie now. Oh, wow. So, uh, you know, it's a freaking bake bakery here or something. People. But anyway. But, but you don't get any pie. <laughs> yeah, I know. And so, and so, next morning, and we had a great time. And so, next morning, we're sitting around. A couple friends went with us. And we're sitting and having the, the breakfast that they had there at the hotel. And, you know, everybody, everybody stayed in the same hotel, pretty much. And so John Zaffis came down, and um, we started shooting the bull, you know, just talking with him and stuff. So we talked to him that before. And, uh, I was, you know, I, I know Brian Kano, who's on, who had been on Haunted Collector. And I said, now there used to be oh, a TV show, show know too. This. There used to be a TV show on called Mutual of Omaha's Wild Kingdom. Yes! I used to yes. watch okay. it. with Marlon mm -hmm. Perkins, right? Mm-hmm, mm -hmm. Distinguished gray-haired fellow, much yep. like John Zaffis. Well, now... Marlon Perkins had an assistant named Jim. Now they'd ride around the Jeeps and stuff. Now when they got to see something they wanted to see, you'd be like, there's a giant anaconda. Jim, go get him so our viewers can see it. So Jim would jump in the water and he'd wrestle an <laughs> anaconda around stuff like that. Well, if, you know, you watch The Haunted Collector, Brian's always in the dirt. Some <laughs> nasty basement. He's crawling through his crawl spaces and stuff like that. So I listened, you know, like we were talking, John, I said, John, I said, you know, you ever, watch, you ever see Mutual's Old Hall's Wild Kingdoms? Oh, yeah, I saw that. Yeah, it was a great show. And so I'm like, that was Brian, it's Jim. And he goes, you're right, you know? He goes, that's what, because Brian would always go do that stuff. He was, he was like Jim, and he goes, he goes, you know what, though? The rest of them started to do it because he got more screen time than they did. So it was like his, his son Chris is burning because Brian got more screen time than they did. <laughs> that's awesome. It's just, uh, it's just so much, that's so much fun. <laughs> wow, we've been going for an hour and a half. Can you believe it? Uh, you know, I, you know, you're great to talk to, and so well, thank you know, you. I'll talk. You know, yeah, so I you're so know, easy to talk to. <laughs> like I said, I can talk about. You know, when we've gone very a lot of different places too. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I love it. <laughs> so, um, well, I, yeah, I am about. You know, it's probably about time, but um, it's um, it's it. I just love doing this stuff, is because one, I have fun doing it. Okay, so mm -hmm. if you listen to this and. Um, you know, I think I'm being too funny. I said, that's just me, you know, and, and you know, Kat and I. Am. You gotta be now, you. I want you. I want you to let me know when it's on because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go in the chat oh, room I and see what it does. I love doing that. <laughs> so. I'll do that. Yeah, let me know what's on. I'll, I will check it out. I, and I, yeah, I like to do that. I like to hear what people have to say and, mm. and things like that. And every once in a while, I drop in on people's shows and, and you know, it's like, almost deals like, if I listen to all my friends' podcasts, mm -hmm. that's all I do. <laughs> Yeah, you know, everybody, you know, with this, with this, um, oh, what's that thing called? Stream something, um, Stream Beaver or something. I don't know. I forget what that. That's the big new thing right now, you know. And so everybody uses that. And it's it's pretty easy to use. Mm -hmm. um, it's not as difficult as some of the other stuff used to be. So that stuff was insane. Um, that's why whenever I did a show, I just had to make producer because I was like, uh, I don't want stuff. I'd rather not do the show and have to have to produce the damn thing. Um, but yeah, yeah so like, and I get it, you know, people the, the pandemic and the, you know, I got to want to do something, so they have they podcast, and, mm -hmm. uh, and that's great. Um, you know, you, you know, and just keep, just keep at it. And some night you have six listeners, and some nights you'll have six hundred listeners. 
And I don't care how, I mean, I, you know, some people, if there's not enough people listening to that show, I don't care. You know, no. I just, I just want to have fun and, you know, if somebody hears it and likes it, then I'm cool with that. Um, yeah. So, yeah. I don't care if I have one listener. Uh, to me, what I find really, what I love is finding out where people are listening from. I mean, I have listeners all over the world and like South mm-hmm. Korea, like, you know, yeah. that to me, if there's only one listener in South Korea or whatever, which that's usually the case, just one here, one there, that mm-hmm. intrigues me. Like, my little show, there's people someplace, yeah. you know, around the... And I love that. And I and I really mm-hmm. enjoy doing what I'm doing. So, um, uh, Jim Mallard told me, you know, when you stop enjoying what you're doing, um, it's probably time to stop. Yeah, it is. Yeah. I could agree more. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it's like, if you're having fun, and if, it, you know... Your heart tells you if you, you know what you do. You know sometimes, you, sometimes you need to make a switch. Mm-hmm. Um, that you, you, you know, you, the, the, it's run its course. Even though you love doing it, but you also get that. Eh, it's like with me when I switched the you know, different medicine traditions. It was mm-hmm. like that. Um, not that I didn't love it anymore, but I had to make a change that was right for me and right mm-hmm. for you know being respectful to the to that to that medicine. And so, you know, it's the right choice. Mm-hmm. It was you know it's difficult, but. Um, but it, re- it ends up reaping reading rewards that you need for yourself and for others and helping others. Um, like in our tradition, we all we believe everybody has a gift from spirit from God. Um, our first job is to figure out what the heck that is through meditation, prayer, however you want to do it. And I can be anything. I mean, some people are very good mechanics. Some people, are, you know, but the way you can tell if it's a gift from God is when you're doing it, you're as happy as you could be. It's what you want to do, mm-hmm. and that's your gift. So, so you, you figure out what that is. What's the first thing you do with it? You go out and start helping other people with it. No, you heal yourself first. Mm-hmm. Help let the medicine help you heal, and then once you're healed, then you can go out and help other people. I've been in social service, like I said before, for a long time. And I've seen people get in the business that were damaged and thought by, by doing this that that would make them better. Mm. And it wasn't. It would make them worse. And they'd get all kinds of freaked out or burn out and quit. And yeah, because they didn't, they didn't get go through their own healing. Yeah. And you have to do that. If you're, you're going to work your medicine, no matter what your medicine is. Mm. You know, what works the best that way. Well, before we sign off, could you tell the listeners where you can be found? And about the various shows that uh, that you're on, because I know. Oh, there's one. Um, you have a book. Totally forgot yeah. about oh, the yeah, book. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, um, let me hang on a second. <coughs> I can't find a copy. <laughs> Although the viewers can't see it. <laughs> there we go. Sorry, listeners. I'll do it like that. Shock and awe: The spiritual oh. journey of Coyote Chris Sutton. That's right. It's nice. Um, it's taken from a two-part interview I did. It's on Quasim. It used to be Viddy Space. Um, what I did is I took. I was sitting there getting ready to get the videos getting ready to put on on the Viddy Space at the time. So I'm like, oh, I've got all this text here. So I, you know, I, I talked to my publisher, Mike Ricksecker, and um, who's been my friend for years. Great guy. Um, because he's always telling me, Chris, you get something put together, I'll publish it. I said, okay, but you know, if it's not total trash, it's fine, it's fair. And so um, what I did is I, I, I called Mike and I said, you know, 
I've got these tapes, where can I get them transcribed? If I have to sit there and type, it's going to take two years just to do that, at least. And so I, I, I learned how to type on a, like a manual typewriter. <laughs> I did too. A <laughs> <Like> typing class. <laughs> yeah. Like that, you know? So I, I, you know, I'm typing on a, on a, a laptop. Ding. Like, bam, bam, bam. You know? yeah. No, no, not so on my phone, it's like a habit. So anyway, um, and Mike gives me a, a website. He goes, send it to this. They'll transcribe it for you. So it comes back like half an hour later, all, this, all the text. But now, it's like if you do it with the machine doing it, it's like 80% accuracy, which is pretty good. But it's like a dollar more a minute if you use some if a human being does it. Mm. So I'm looking at this, and I'm like, oh, this is cool. But it doesn't, you know, it's like, I well, I don't know. You know, those you know, things you say. Um, like I'm doing right now. Um, so yeah, you gotta take all that crap out. Mm -hmm. And then, okay, it doesn't make as much sense. If you watch the video, it makes perfect sense. But if you're not watching the video, you gotta add more to it. And so that's what I did. I just added a whole ton of stuff to it. And um, it's put it's an interview form. I mean, it's um, it says, mm -hmm. Dave, he's my interviewer, and he asks questions. It says, Kylie Chris, and I answer the question. Um, yeah, I took I'm all that after a, a book called um, Power of Myth. That was a transcription of Joseph Campbell's interviews with Bill Moyers hmm. back in the days. And Campbell was a, a, you know, as a was a into mythology. He taught at Sarah Lawrence College, and um, guy was amazing. You pick up on his books, you should. And so, I got together, did all the editing about seven times. My father's an English teacher, oh. so <laughs> I'm very picky. But I definitely was happy with it, and sent off. It got published. It got published in January, and you can get that on uh, Amazon if you mm. just type in Coyote Chris Sutton." It's shock and awe: the spiritual journey of Coyote Chris Sutton. Um, I, you know, I wrote it to show people that, hey, if I can do it, you can do it. And it's really, it's just, it's just, it's just talks about how you know, basically all the things I've said in the interview. Mm -hmm. um, well, there's some, there's probably some more personal stuff in the book. But yeah, just about the the, uh, the journey and how it started and how it's going and you know where it could go because hmm. um, it never ends. So, so yeah, that's out there. Um, if you want a copy of a signed copy, if you go to my website www.coyotechris.com, or you know, probably better to email me uh, coyotechris1957 at gmail.com. Um, we can work something out. Um, that cost you more if you get it from me. I'm gonna tell you that right now, but. <laughs> It'll be signed. Um, <laughs> and I, and I, I always try to write a nice note. Um, so, yeah, you can also at my website, www.kindlychris.com, you can find out where my events are at. Um, this month I'm supposed to be in Berkeley Plantation in Virginia on the 26th, I think it is. It's the last Saturday of the month. Um, it, we're doing a kid's um, ghost hunt. Um, so nice. that's where I'm with April Bussett, buddy of mine. She's a psychic, psychic housewife of New Jersey, and so she's a, she's a who we've worked together before. Um, I'm with Bloomery Promotions, and so it's, it's through that. That's one of my gigs through that um, that corporation. Um, and July 17th, it's that second weekend or third weekend in July. I'll be at the um, Cedar Rapids um, Psychic and Paranormal Expo in Cedar Rapids, Iowa. I'll be there with Dan Class from the Hinsdale House, and we always have a good time together. So it's it's that's a good place to go. It doesn't cost much to get in. <clears throat> um, then I've got to do I've got the Haunted America here in actually in Alton, Illinois. Uh, Troy Taylor, who's written several books about um, the paranormal, uh, especially in the Midwest, and um, another good friend of mine, uh, Richard Estep, is going to be there. 
and Richard, he's been on some haunted shows on, in the States, and um, he's also a prolific writer. Um, he wrote a good book about the forest school that he interviewed me for, and so that's one of my other credits I've gotten there. But um, so yeah, that's, that's that's what's going on. August, I'm going to be at the Midwest Annual. Is this the first one? But still, annual Midwest Art Annual Paranormal Festival. That's going to be in Marshalltown, Iowa. A lot of good people there. It's going to be. It's a big place. I mean, you got ghost hunts at night. Um, all this acres are going to be a beer tent. I oh. smell this ass. It's cool, but you know. Uh, <laughs> Y'all be drinking. You're not coming with me on the ghost hunt. More spirits. Um, Michelle and yeah, <laughs> Baron and I are, are doing one night a ghost hunt. And then um, I'm with um, Ron and Denise Pridemore from who used to do tours of the Sally House. We're good friends of mine. So we're going to do the Saturday night. So yeah, looking forward to that. And I'll be at the Michigan Paracon um, in August 20, you know, 24th. It's that last weekend of the month. Um, I'm terrible on dates. And, but anyway, that's basically <clears throat> what I've got going on. Then that can change, you know, things get added yeah. on. Um, I'll probably be in the Cambry House in, in September. Hmm. I know I've got a couple of gigs. I'll be the Dead Con, uh, second week in October, and then, which is in Port Wayne, Indiana, and I'll be at the Dark History and Horror Convention in Champaign, Illinois, the last weekend of, the, of October. Yeah, I think that sounds right. But you go to my website, you can figure it it's all on there just because I don't know where I'm going doesn't mean that you shouldn't know <laughs> I, I wait till the day before I get my GPS out unless I'm fine, so. I am so envious of the United States and all the paracons you have because Canada we don't have them yeah that's what I've heard no I mean um, we had one John Moore uh, over in Ottawa he had um, a paracon here about three years ago and um, it's just a small one you know but um we thought, great, maybe the next year, you know, we'll, um, I had some names that he could uh, he could invite guests and everything, and sure. uh, then the COVID hit, and just, uh, yeah. So uh, we were really excited to, to find out that he was going to start doing that, hopefully yearly, but it doesn't look like it will be now, but, uh, well, maybe he'll pick it up again, I don't know. Who's the biggest Canadian paranormal person, oh. besides yourself? Oh, thank you. <laughs> um, probably Michelle de Roche is pretty big. She's mm -hmm. been uh, on various t television shows. Um, and I, <laughs> I always say my good friend Katie Turner, who's also a uh, lead investigator with the team that I'm, uh, that I'm with, she's also a, a TV personality. Um, I would say those are the two. I can't really think of very many more right now at the top of my head. You know, uh, <clears throat> I know there's more. Yeah, um, I was watching this one um, show on. It was on Discovery down here. No, on Travel Channel <clears throat> called the Alaska Triangle. And a mm -hmm. friend of mine, Mike Rickseffer, I saw very well. He was in that, and so I said, "I'll check it out." You know, Mike. I always watch stuff like the reason I watch paranormal color cameras sometimes because Brian's on it. Mm. Otherwise, I'm like, eh, you know, because I've seen all these clips before. But you know, it's sort of fun. Um, not as funny as, as, as uh, Fright Night with the Ghost Brothers and, and Jack Osborne. But, um, mm, yeah. But anyway, there was this Canadian uh, medium. He's a younger looking guy. And I cannot think of his name. He, looked like, he looks like he's almost part First, na first um, Nation. Um, Was he French by any chance? If, huh? He's not French, is he? He's not from Quebec? No, he wasn't French. No, he no. wasn't Quebec. No. Mm -hmm. Hmm. Now, if I think of the name, I'll, I'll let you know. Yeah. It's like that. He um, bills himself as the most dangerous mine in Canada. And so, um, I don't know. Hmm. 
I don't know. I'd never seen the dude before, and so um, I saw him on that thing. Like, Who's that? So, oh. I don't know. I'll, I guess if I get that guy's name, yeah, I'll pass Yeah, on. let me know. Um, okay. Probably <laughs> if you give me the name, I'll probably be like, oh, yeah, of course, but yeah. right now, no. Yeah, it's, it's yeah, not yeah. Um, not as big in Canada as it is in the United States, sadly. It's starting yeah. to get there, but... Things can change. Yep. Pandemic knocked a lot of things down. Oh, did it ever. No, no, Canada's been really super strict, which is good. I mean, I can say that. Um, we should have been more strict down here. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a wonderful meme I saw right after all this stuff happened. And um, it's got a picture of Trudeau talking on the phone. <laughs> He goes, hey, they've been going down, okay down there, and it's hot, and then they go down, it's Han Solo, <laughs> when they do the prison break, you know, <laughs> yeah, we're all fine here, thanks, how are you? <laughs> I've seen that, yeah, <laughs> love it. I said, that's perfect. <laughs> <laughs> oh, jeepers. <laughs> so, I think with the... Canadians out from support. <laughs> 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 Oh. I love it. It's, 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 it's similar to the British, and I think. It's, yes. Uh, yeah. I love that rock sense of humor. <laughs> well, I think. Oh, so am I. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, anyway, we, yeah, and let's see. I'm, I'm still giving all my credit. Um, <laughs> on Facebook, I'm, I'm Christopher Sutton. Uh, that's my personal page. And my um, like page is Carrie Chris Sutton. On Twitter, I'm at Coyote Chris S, and on Instagram, I'm at Coyote Chris S. And so those are the places you can find me at. Okay, I'll also, also be. I, I got an IMDb page too. I'm Chris Sutton the twenty first. Cool. That's what that says. Chris <laughs> Sutton in parentheses XXI. And so that must be the Chris Sutton in there. But it's got my picture on it. But yeah, nice. I, you know, I got I got the TV credits and some doc credits, and so I thought, what the yeah. hell? Somebody tagged like Dan Class talking in the day. Yeah, dude, you got to do that. And so he's like always oh, big on. He's one of the best marketers I've ever seen, and so on. Mm. Um, so yeah, I usually pay attention when he tells me something. So, but yeah, you know, no, it's a uh, you put your face out there enough, and people say, oh, "Who's this guy?" You know, and then maybe they'll try to find out. And mm-hmm. You meet somebody cool. It happens a lot. Yep. So, I'll also be hey, adding uh, links. So I'll- great. I'll, I'll also be adding the links to the show notes so people don't have to do lots of searching. They can just click on it and. I like that. Yeah. Instant gratification. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Chris. I really appreciate it. This was a lot of fun. Thank it you. It was. I mean, it's, I'm so glad we got to get together because, you know, we've known each other for four or five years, at least four yeah. years. Yeah. So my last, your last message, our last message exchange on our, on, um, on um, Twitter was like from 2017 or something. Like I know. That. I saw that. I was like, it, and I've seen you on, and you know, on, on social media, and yeah. But last message, just like, really, was it that long ago? Yeah, really. And so, you know, we, you know, we were in Jim Mallard's chat yeah. room the other night. Hey, Caddy, Chris, how you doing? Today? Da, 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 da. You know, and then cause somebody in the group goes, "You gotta get Chris on." Oh, here we go. And yeah. So, yeah. So, but that was. I think Jim was surprised I, I, that we knew each other already because you're like, yeah, yeah, I knew Kat. I know Cat, and he's like, oh, yeah. okay, yeah, yeah, yeah See, I knew you were. I know people so. too. <laughs> <laughs> well, I got my coyote. People can't see. I got my my yeah. Arizona coyotes jersey on. You know, coyote Chris and coyotes, but you'll have to send me a picture with that on, and I'll put it on the YouTube video. <laughs> I'll do that. I will do that as soon as we get off. I will take a picture sure. of me and my coyote jersey. 
Uh, Hang tight. I'll, we'll just chat for for a quick uh, second afterwards. But thank you again. I really appreciate it. It's my pleasure. Great being on. You're great to talk to. And thank um, you. Thanks everybody for listening. Take care. Well, we've made it to the end of another episode. Thanks so much for listening. Until next time, take care of each other. And if you'd like to be on the show or have questions and comments, just drop me an email, paranormalheart13 at gmail.com. I'd love to hear from you. Paranormal Heart would like to extend a special thank you to PurplePlanet.com for supplying the music for the show. The views and opinions expressed on Paranormal Heart are those of the host and participants. 